0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another Spartan 160 EN podcast. This is podcast number 43. And um we got a big panel today, boys. Uh let me start it off with my boy Steph. How you doing, Steph?
1: Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. This weekend uh was pretty good. We lost we 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 won on uh on on uh, Friday, and the modalities were be great. the only deception was uh, and we'll talk about it. Uh the volleyball the uh, the men's team we lost against uh, our rival, but be besi- besides that we won everything else So I'm I'm doing great
0: Sounds good. Sounds good. We're also joined
1: by Nando. Nando, How you doing, bro?
2: What's up guys? I'm doing well, man. It's been a while since I've been able to get back on here. I'm excited I'm to be happy
1: back. to be back that after a couple of months. It's me again, bro. Really I know
2: man, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm I almost considered I, like, I guess not, now, uh, uh, I can do this but uh Nah, man. It's, not ready yet. <laughs> it's fun to be back, and we won, man. So it's always good to do a podcast after a win. And what is it? Nine straight wins? I think eight straight. Eight, eight
0: straight, straight wins. Yeah. Eight straight yeah. wins. Yeah. Hey, and let me just say, it's it's glad. It's a pleasure to have you back, bro. And we missed you, Nando. I appreciate and, it, man. For sure. And last but not least, my boy Chris.
3: Chris, how you doing, dude? I'm uh, I'm doing good. Doing good. Um, very very excited for uh for Friday um for the ufo futsal cup semis um so counting down the days until that uh but yeah very good very good win this weekend and uh hopefully we keep it rolling um already the longest win streak uh, under kaiser so uh, yeah i think it's like 12 matches unbeaten and all in in in, a, in all comps all competitions yeah so yeah yeah good. true because
0: we tied against villarreal the last time we faced them good point uh anyways Let's get back to – let's get to uh, the game this weekend. It was uh, an uneventful one, but we still won – we got away with it. one nothing winners. Uh, starting 11, a little bit altered due to suspensions and some injuries, uh, but the starting 11 was as followed. We had Selenette, uh, Ristovski, Kovac, Mathieu, and Aquinge b- in the back line with Dumbia, Gudeli, and Fernandes in midfield. Uh, Diaby and Jovan Cabral on the wings with Luis Philippe up top um with substitutions in the 82nd minute of jefferson for jovan 85th miguel Luis for gudeli and then in the 90th we had gerald Jin for diaby uh but steph uh let me let me get your uh what are your two cents on on the on the game
1: uh against nessina we knew it was going to be a, a, a t- tough game because uh they they fighting to stay in the first division so any any points they can get uh you know, they, they fought for it, and they, they fought as much as they could to, to their full cap- capability and capacity. Um, but, you know, Sporting did play better. They, we controlled the game in the first half, but we just couldn't score. We couldn't find the, the, the net. Um, uh, but Nacional didn't create a lot of chances of goal. I, I can't remember a clear one, M- maybe some dangerous crosses, but nothing significant. Uh, Salah, he had a pretty, um, pretty easy afternoon uh, on on Friday, and um, and then in the second half, finally Luis Felipe again. Luis Felipe, uh, he kind of made us forget about uh, Bas Dost. Um, he's, he's he's showing his qualities as a striker, and uh, he scored uh, a beautiful goal again. A uh, pointed and um, and then we we kept strong. And uh, with that, that one nil, I was I don't like the just w- being winning by one nothing. It's always too short. Like we've said it so many times, all it takes it's a a free kick or corner kick, and and then they could tie the game. But that wasn't the case. Uh, we we basically were pretty smart in holding the ball and um in using the whole fields to circulate the ball and uh hey we won we got the three points uh another great performance uh by our both of our center backs, Quats and Matier, very solid. Uh Stefan uh as well. Even Diaby was decent, um helping out the defense, going back and forth. Acuña, like always that that guy is amazing uh, good even even uh, Brun Fernandes as well and uh, I, I heard some commotion upstairs in my house but you know <laughs> so you know other than that dubia was great Louis flip was great uh, Jovan Cabral did pretty good too you know I mean uh, the team is motivated. You could see the difference because now they're getting more resting time. Uh, so they only play one game per week, so they have more time to, to practice together, to assimilate the ideas of the coaching staff, and now you can see the team clicking. Um, but I got to admit it. I'm dying to see the combination of uh, Doombie and Wendell together for a full game. Yeah. Uh, next next week uh, at home against Guimarães. That should be pretty good uh, because Godel's going to be able to play. He got his uh, number 12 yellow card, so he, he got a, a game suspension. Uh, but besides that, hey, happy uh, to get the three points. Uh, we th- in, in third place, uh, holding strong. And I just want to win against Guimarães and spank them because of what they did to us at Guimarães. That's it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, agreed, and um, Nando, I'll pass it off to you. What did you think of our uh, game against us, you know?
2: Yeah, man, Um, I thought that it was finally uh, a really all-around, well-put-together game. I think uh, Steph nailed it there with a couple things, talking about how well um, Luis Felipe has just kind of become that uh, striker. You know, that's what he's got to do. He's just show up in the right times, get a foot can on Can you hear
1: Nando?
2: Can you guys hear me? I can yeah. hear you.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, I cool. can. Okay.
2: No, let me know if, if it sounds be- is like does it sound okay?
0: Uh, I think Steph's just having issues okay. listening in.
2: No, but I was no, saying. Oh, but like- I can
1: I can hear you and uh, and Chris. Chris. That's weird. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> on oh, <laughs> this again.
3: <laughs>
2: nah, no, uh, uh, let me. Let no, me know that's cool. That's yeah. No. If
3: anything, stuff. Just try
2: to
0: listen in. I guess on the YouTube thing, and then mute it when
2: what, you know. has that been happening? No, or, dude, cool. uh, that's
1: no. Give me a hand, good. like oh, it's too now. It's
2: good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can hear me. That's cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, he's he's um he hit a lot of it uh on the head there. You know, a lot of players that um personally like Gudelli for me played a, has been playing real well, and he played an overall good game in my opinion. Um, but Luis Felipe has been a nice surprise, given the fact that you know he only costs what about a half a million euros, and he's finally getting some opportunities, and he's putting him in. You know, it doesn't have to be pretty; he just has to put him in. Um, but personally, I enjoyed watching Giovanni play again. He had some really good, decent strikes and runs on the ball. Uh, I think uh, first half there was a really good save by the Nacional uh, goalkeeper on a on a kind of like a like a cut in shot by Cabral, but. Overall, a uh, really good win. Um, Bruno Fernandes keeps, you know, being influential in the game, and uh, the team pretty much dominated. That. I mean, there's really nothing much to say other than the fact that unless you now just watched us play the whole game, uh, just a shame that it was only one zero. But a win's a win, um, and like you guys already said, eight straight wins, uh, was kind of solidifying that third place. You know, trying to finish as well as possible, if you will. So I'm ecstatic about that.
0: Yeah, agreed. And um, Chris, what did you think of the game, dude?
3: yeah i mean uh it, it seemed like it had potential to be one of those games where it's just zero zero we're 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 pounding the net and just can't put it in and then they score one on on a counterattack or something like that but I mean to be honest they they were not threatening really at at any point not they I mean they had like one moment maybe uh but they they were not. A, a threat really at all um so i mean once we were able to finally score it, it felt pretty comfortable even at one nothing just because we were dominating so much uh their goal had a had a very good game he he, he kept the minute probably was the reason that it wasn't you know more three four nothing um but yeah i mean i, I there was no players on, on on our team that i thought played poorly <laughs> Um, you know, even Gudelli played a decent game. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone, everyone played well. There, there was no one that, that was bad. Uh, it was just kind of annoying that all the subs came after the 80th minute. Would have mm-hmm. liked to see um, him mix it up a little bit. Um, and, uh, I mean, uh, one, th- one thing that, that was noted, uh, I, d- I did think this was the poorest Bruno Fernandes game in a while. Um, he lost the ball 33 times, which is pretty astronomical, and he still put in a, a pretty good performance. Um, according to, to Gold points player rankings, he was still the fifth best player on Sporting, and he lost the ball 33 times, so that's pretty amazing. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, he's, he's always dangerous. Um, but, yeah, I was really glad uh, that we were able to go uh, to Modeta um get a result I mean Nacional didn't put up much resistance, but uh uh yeah i mean the the goalie played well um and yeah it's just just a good a good result, and I think it it'll probably be um a bit tougher this upcoming weekend um with giish despite like recent turmoil there uh it's always a tough team to play,
0: yeah. Exactly, and um, and yeah. So uh, a few talking points. Nando, I'll start this one off with you. Um, what did we think of uh, Jovan Cabral? Uh, his overall performance uh, against Nacional.
2: I liked it, man. Um, I liked it a lot. I think that he was he was upbeat. He um, he kind of reminded me of the Giovanni that we saw early in the season. The one that we were constantly debating whether or not he should start or whether or not he should um, come off the bench as a super sub, if you will. So you know he's doing these things in that game that that remind me of that and it's kind of exciting to see especially with all the talk of like you know the other guy across the, across the circular you know Joao Felix or whatever and we have our own young talent there that just needs that opportunity again so it was really good to see that he was in the game he was um, part of the game he j- he didn't spend it watching you know the, the ball go you know go by him he had a couple good shots good movements um no complaints whatsoever man I enjoyed him a lot um and like I said I mean he made uh, a goalkeeper um have a hell of a save there and, and one of the shots in the first half um and that's what you expect from him um and I think that if he goes into the end of the season in that kind of form you know making that be the last thing that these scouts are watching you know that's something the Spartan hopefully you know the Dira builds on um and kind of use this to their advantage f- towards next year you know i obviously i don't expect them to sell him this year hopefully not knock on wood but it's good to build momentum like that going into the next season so i i really really w- enjoyed him um against us you know
0: yeah agreed great point um because he, he we he can definitely be our, uh you know one of our main wingers i mean we're we're definitely thin on them so yeah, it's a really good point. Too. Not
2: only that, but I mean, he's, he's got to be, you know, one of our, our biggest assets as we, um, you know, obviously, Sporting, we already know that it's one of those situations where it looks like the DSO is transitioning to selling one or two top players every year, especially with the current um, DSO So yeah. if he's got to be the one or one of the, you mm-hmm. know, it's only better for us if he continues to put that performance, you know, string of performances together, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Steph? Uh, another young performance, this time not from uh, an academy player per se, but he is still young. Um, Idrissa Dumbia, who's likely to take over Gudelli's uh, spot again next uh, next game, seeing as he's suspended. Uh, what did you think of uh, Dumbia's overall performance against us? I
1: mean, um, we have to consider the fact that he came uh, he came in the uh, winter market, mm-hmm. so um, him adjusting to Sporting quite uh, quite really fast that's amazing. Uh, but he he uh he had an interview on Sporting TV recently maybe a couple of weeks ago uh and uh he, he said that uh he actually he pretty much uh adjusted to uh to Portugal quite fast he he loves uh, the fan base he, he loves the club how they treat him he loves the food the, the weather i mean what's not to like Portugal in that aspect is uh is very good and um he adjusted to his teammates real well, to the coaching staff. Apparently, the coaching staff, the one thing they have, they know how to talk to players. They know how to uh, be patient with the uh, young players. You know, let's not forget this, he's a young kid as well. Um, uh, he's, he's from the Ivory Coast. He speaks French, you know, different language barrier and all that stuff. But apparently, himself, he said it. He's loving it. So, all that, in, when you take all that into account, uh, then a player, uh, they will tend to to play better, to perform well, uh, and, um, and 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 when you have chemistry with the team, you listen to the coaching staff, you listen to, to 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 your teammates, the veterans, then you know things kind of work out, and it's working out for him, and uh, he's got the he's got the smarts, he's got the physique, um, he's got the speed for his position. Yeah. As a number, and the, as a number six, he's not too fast, but he's not too slow. His reaction time is perfect. In with pasada, he covers a lot of uh, uh, of the pitch, and that's what's expected from a number C six. Uh, he, he has he has a good vision. Uh, I mean, he has room for improvement. He's not yet at the level of uh, Bruno Carvalho, but he'll get there. And that's that's a beautiful thing about Dumbia. Uh, he's a young player. And if he's willing to listen to to Kaiser, um, which everyone expected a lot from him from from the get go because he was winning so many games. Uh, but let's be realistic. He came to Sporting replacing Pizarro, not knowing the team at all. I mean, you can read off, of course, a book or the internet uh, and do your, only, uh, your own your own research about. Uh, any team in the world now. I mean, you could pull up Liverpool transfer market and check it out, but that's not good enough, is it? Uh, so, so Kaiser, what he's done at Ajax, it's paying off now. I mean, I hate to say it, but uh, to to the to the ones not paying attention to, to to the soccer world, what did Ajax just do? They eliminated a team that has gone to the Champions League final two years in a row, Juventus. It's not easy it's he it looks easy but it's not and before that team who was it Madrid, if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. so and they, they
0: drew against bayern munich as well i i don't think they beat them but i think they drew against them right In the I mean, groups don't,
1: yeah but they eliminated them so three gigantic teams bayern munich Madrid, and juventus and now they play in Barcelona, which there will be a very interesting match because they kind of play alike. There's only yeah. three teams they play like that: it's uh, Barcelona, Ajax, and uh, Manchester City. So, so you know, Kaja knows what he's doing, uh, mm-hmm. so I give him time. And uh, he had to adapt to the Portuguese league, which is way different from uh, the uh, the uh, the Dutch league because they they play for for festival de they play to score a lot of goals. And then when he came to the harsh reality that most of the teams in Portugal, they parked the bus, it became difficult for him to uh, to accept the concept and then to adjust to it. So yeah, don't be the great and to wrap it up. Uh, we have a great player, we got lucky to get him. I mean, I was calling the department was right on with this guy. Yes. Yeah. So kudos to so us calling the department and uh, I'm expecting good things for, for next year. Uh, I just didn't like when uh, I heard it on the news, and I think I hope it's bullshit that uh, Kaiser wants to keep Goodell's.
0: Yeah, yeah, I hope so too. Um, but yeah, just like you said, Dumbia is definitely. Uh, I think for the most part this season we've been we've been crying out for a uh, a proper William replacement, and like you said, stuff. He's not there yet. Definitely not there yet. But you, you, you we definitely see some flashes of. Uh, of William, especially like when he first started at Sporting, and this kid is a lot younger than when than when William started at Sporting. So, um, yeah, let's hope let's hope he kicks on, and hopefully, if he does end up starting this weekend, which I, I think he will, he will. Seeing as Goodellie's out, he can really cement his place. And and don't, uh,
1: and don't forget that. Uh, w- remember where where William Carvalho was loaned to? Yeah, uh, Cercle Blue, sure. Exactly in Belgium. And then yeah. we were we were patient with him, and then we got him back two years later. And he became, and then he came back as a full player. Yeah. And, th- and this is why a lot of Sportingistas resent him the way he left because we were so patient with him, and they, then he took a dump on us when we needed him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Anyways, uh, a bit back to the game. Uh, Chris, me and you were talking about this just before the podcast, um, started, but uh, I'm gonna bring it up again. So Luis Felipe scores a a very well struck goal, uh, but after seeing some the the replays again and again, uh, what do you think, Chris? Was was Luis Felipe offside?
3: Yeah, it's very very difficult to tell. Uh, but to put it lightly, watching the replays over again doesn't leave me with great confidence that he was onside. Mm-hmm. There really isn't a good angle on it and i think that's probably the a lot, a lot of the reason why it was upheld just was because they didn't have a good angle on it obviously they run into this problem in a lot of the the smaller stadiums in portugal they're, the var is is set up but like just cuz of like the stadium size and where they're able to put the cameras and stuff there isn't like a perfect angle of of the, looking across the line but it, it appears as if he is potentially offside. The one thing that p- may be keeping him onside is one of the Nacional Defender's arms. Um, if you haven't uh, seen it yet, I mean, I guess I could post a screenshot um, later on the account. Um, but if you just go on like vSports and watch the highlights, if you just pause it right as Bruno Fernandes is, is taking the free kick, it, it looks like he's potentially, um, you know, like half a step offside. But then again, there isn't a good angle looking across the lines. so you, you can't really make a definitive judgment. So I, I think that they just st- uh, kept the, the decision that they made on the field. Um, and let's just say hypothetically they were to have ruled the, the goal offside um, there really wouldn't have been enough v- video evidence to, to go the other way. So I think that we're fortunate in that sense because um, that was in, like, the 65th minute, I would estimate. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if that game continued 0-0 zero, zero for even longer than it did, um, it definitely could have potentially been, uh, you know, a f- very frustrating result. Um, uh, similar to to results we've had uh you know this season and even in the past um so i i'm not i'm not 100% certain i've seen more egregious allowed i've seen more egregious disallowed right. um so i mean it, it falls probably right in the middle of the spectrum but it's it's very tight yeah
0: i i'm going to actually agree with you because uh you know having a few looks at it myself i i i, I do think he might be a bit offside as well um, but Steph Fernando, I, I don't know if you guys have, uh, uh, you know, seen the, the highlights or not, but Steph, I'll start off with you. Do you do you agree? Do you think it's offside or do you think he's in line?
1: No, I think he's in line. I mean, uh, we, we're talking about uh, centimeters. I mean, uh, you, you know, and when in doubt, the the, the rule applies that you, you give the benefit of the doubt to the attack. Great. But, but you know, I mean, you have the VAR looking at it in different angles. You, you have – it's not only one VAR referee; it's actually three. If ah, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, it's actually four. So you, it's the VAR referee plus two assistants and then the supervisor. So For this. yeah, the guys
0: are é, caralho? Sorry, Steph, Go ahead.
1: And they and they all inside a inside a small little van. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, uh, but with that said. Um, if if the poor look at it and say, listen, I, we can tell, I mean, the the, the place really close, really close, then you have to give it the benefit of the doubt to the attack. It's that simple. I mean, why dwell on things that uh, it makes no sense whatsoever? You wanna you wanna be, you know, like Befikis mm-hmm. and Portices, At least it wasn't uh, uh, a mile, like we see, you know, in favor of their their teams. You right. know what I mean? We're talking right. about a small little thingy, like a toe, or <laughs> yeah. An inch.
0: At, at the end of the day, VAR also shouldn't be used as a measurement tool. So I I, I exactly. see there too. Exactly,
1: exactly, exactly. Yeah. So t- to me, it it was good enough. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, and and that that's did we cheat? We didn't cheat. It no. was it was so so close of a call that you, you couldn't even make a decision on it, so so the goal stands. It's a goal. Mm. That's it. Because that's the law. That's that's the law, the way it is. So to me, yeah, it was a goal.
2: Fair. And how about you, Nando? Uh, Yeah, same. I'm going to say it's a goal. Um, And I'll make this point quick, but I'm so tired of in Portugal. They're constantly trying to avoid the rule of benefiting the defense when the rules across FIFA State, you benefit the attack when in doubt. Because why? Because goals is what gets the game and the fans going. It's not good defense. It is what it is. So the fact you know, like Chris said, and everybody here has pretty much stated, was he a pen, a pinky forward, a pinky behind? It doesn't matter. I mean, the call on the field stood as it was a goal. Then if you got to go to VAR and then look it over, if there's no, if there isn't that one hundred percent certainty, you cannot go back on that call. Therefore, goal stands is what it is. Um, we need to see more of that and not, not the other way around where then it's like, ah, was he really a half a centimeter ahead or behind? You know, I'm over that nonsense. Um, you got to benefit the team attacking. And if it was against sporting, I'd say the same shit, honestly. Um, Mm -hmm. because you got to be transparent across the board and you know, I stand with it. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, Great point guys. Um, Steph, I'll, I'll ask you this question, uh, next, um, Luis Philippe, he's, uh, he's he's scored in four straight games now. He's with good company in uh, the list of players that have scored in four straight games for Sporting in the 21st century. Uh, he's with the likes of Jardel, Lietzin, Freddie Montero, Slimani, Baz Dost, and Bruno Fernandes. Is he, I mean, in simple terms, I mean, Kate, because this season's almost coming to an end, do you see him being potentially our main striker coming next season, or do you think either Baz Dost or somebody else is going to need to come in to, to take that role and responsibility.
1: I'm glad you asked me this question because I'm the perfect person to answer this question. Beautiful. You know, because you know, it's, it's been bugging me a little bit on Twitter and uh, you know, and it, Personally, I don't have a degree in anything as far as sports. I'm not qualified, certified. I'm not a professional in, you know, anything. I'm not an expert. My expertise is, is with my civilian job. So with that said, there's one thing that they call, they caught my attention. Um, Luis Felipe came from which team? Max Freire. Exactly. Bas Dosh came from which team? uh wolfsburg if i'm not mistaken okay or something? so
2: know.
1: there it is D- yeah. that's what the di- that's what the difference is because people tend to say like this epa uli- uh, and i'm going to say it in portuguese because guys actually it makes more sense and it's a little bit more funnier <laughs> epa who is flipping past fights and in Agora Luiz Felipe Filipe não é um gajo qualquer brasileiro, cara, atunilada e esse gajo não é assim tão bom como parece. para. Eh pá, tá a marcar os gometes, mas não, para a próxima ano bazas. And that that really bothers me because this player he, he started in Passo Freuds and before Passo Freuds he came from the Brazilian league. I mean, I mean I can look into it, but I don't know the the the, the club name. So, Bonali shown his credentials, He's showing his pedigree. He's showing that, listen, I'm pretty good, guys. Look what I can do. And I don't need too many chances of goal. Because if you look at the whole game, how many crosses did we give him? How many chances of goal did we give him? Not too many. Mm-hmm. But when, whenever he, he has a golden chance, he scores. So is he a, a, a real a striker, a real punted lanza So far, he's proving he is is he better than bass dust if we look at each other's background history says not he's not there yet but he's getting there and quite fast we we asking we ask this guy hey you've been placing Baz dust because he's injured apparently he's injured now he's back again but he's been back Every week he's been back, by Wednesday he's back, and then here comes the game he's not back again. So I don't know what's going on. It's
0: true, it's really annoying.
3: <laughs>
1: because <laughs> even my tweets sometimes, hey, Bastos, he's back. And then he comes in the the, the the first interview before the game, no, he's not back. I'm like, what the fuck, he makes me look bad. Um, but with that said, yeah, I, I think I, I don't think I know that is good enough. He, he's, he, he accepted the reality of being a bigger club than Passofretz, bigger stadium, more fan base, more pressure, a club that wins, you know, wins titles. We've won titles 2018, 2019, uh, uh, 19 League Cup.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, so yeah, um, I, I would I would I would bet on him, I would keep him, I would develop him he seems to be listening to to Kaiser he seems to be a good fit to the team um, they, they 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 like him they respect him you could see it, you know after the game you know before the game while they are playing the game they they all like each other they they have a good 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 chemistry so yes and uh, don't compare him to Bas Dos because of how many goals Bas Dost scored but compare him to how he's playing now and and how Bazdost gave up on us, basically. I hope he comes back and improves Mivong. I like Bazdost. but uh, if you're not doing well, you know, mentally, and you want to leave Sporting, then leave. I mean, a good player that doesn't want to be in a club is is not that good of a player, is he? I mean, we've seen these cases in Real Madrid. How many players want to leave Real Madrid? The whole bunch. Uh, Manchester United, Paul they lost four nothing against Everton. Come on. They have a good team. What's going on? They're trying to uh, fire, not this coach, again. <laughs> but anyway, so so to answer the question, yeah, Luis Felipe is, is good enough to be at Sporting. We have to believe in him. We have to develop him and coach him because he's scoring goals. He's showing us he's a good punted lancer. So let's keep him and develop the guy.
0: All right, for sure. And uh, <clears throat> last question really on the game before we get into man of the match. Actually, no, never mind. I have two questions. But uh, last one on Luis Felipe. Uh Chris I'll ask you this. Um has Steph convinced you should we uh should we bench Baz Dost if he's ready for next game or uh do you think we should maybe give the the Dutch striker
3: some uh some a vote of confidence by uh starting him? Uh I mean I don't think that it's I don't necessarily think that it's smart just to to start him just based off of the fact that he's coming off an injury and he hasn't played, you know I he, he, right. I don't I don't think it's smart to play him for the 90 minutes anyways. Um, So I would definitely want to see him back in the, in the game just because I'm curious, honestly, because I I don't necessarily think this break could have done him any worse because he was out of form and his confidence was non-existent. The last memory we have of him was that breakaway that he decided to pass the ball to no one. Um, Yeah, true. And that was like, peak Baz Dost out of form, it was, like, borderline unwatchable. Um, so uh, I, 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 we know that he, he can play. We know he's a goal poacher. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously it, it makes the decision a bit easier because we've got uh, another striker and a great run of form. So, um, I, I mean, I, I there's we're running out of games now. There's five games left. Um, and... Um, you know, uh, there's no point in, in rushing him back. It, it makes the, his return obviously less, um, urgent. Um, cause if we were, you know, tying all these games, zero, zero, and Luis Philippe looked like, you know, he still played for Paz Um, then it would be like ah, shit, like Marks, like Baz you fit, maybe rush you back a week or two early. Um, but we're not in that spot. We don't need to, we don't need to do that. So, um i think that uh i think that it, it's fine hopefully um you know we have a at least like a two nothing lead or something um this weekend i mean i don't even know if he's coming back this weekend and like i said in the last podcast i don't know if he's coming back at all this season i don't know it would this, his non his non being in the team for you know over a month now leads me to believe his injury is somewhat serious um and like steph said he it's the, the he's back in training he's coming back the last two weeks they've said that and he hasn't been fit to even travel. Yeah. So um yeah I don't know. I mean he might be out for the season at this point. You know, there's there's only 5 games left. Um but if he does come back, uh I would like to see him play because I'm genuinely curious um what he would look like if he if he came back into the team. Um yeah. and uh you know just you know help him get his feet back under him uh you know before he he, he goes uh for the starting lineup again.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Uh really my only fear with with Baz Dost coming back is that they they only bring him back for the uh Taça Portugal game, which
2: I think would be a huge mistake.
0: If he
3: doesn't uh, play, if he doesn't play in any of the games and then he's fit for yeah. that game, there's you can't start him. There's you
0: can't, yeah, you can't bring him, I agree. Back
2: and throw him in there. That's going to completely derail everything Luis Felipe has done. Agreed.
0: But I am saying this like let's say the next, you know, 3 4 games however, however many games are left, uh Luis Felipe hits a hits a cold spot. Or you know he's not score he doesn't score in those in these next coming games mm-hmm. you know they I see them at least I mean it's a typical sporting thing to do I see them at least throwing in dust, um, which worries me because I think we all are aware of how poor he is in these big games I, I mean especially if he hasn't played in like care, seven take, weeks <laughs> exactly and taking in also his last toss of Portugal uh, miss in that final that hit the bar I mean. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't really have much faith in them, regardless of what had happened. You know, if you can't put the ball in the back of the net, you know, with an empty net, um, I think sometimes the occasions get to him. But anyways, that's just my opinion on it. So I agree with you also uh, with what you
2: were saying, Chris. I think he's on the way out personally. On I really yeah, think I think it's so. kind yeah. of grooming a, a way out for him.
0: But then my fear for that is if he's on his way out and he's not – you know, if the, our last memory of him was him passing the ball to nobody uh, in front of the net, how much money are we really going to get from him? You know, well, uh, and hopefully uh, we uh, can get some of that investment back. I mean, that's 10 million plus salary, salary, salary or whatever the salary. salary.
2: I can't, I don't know. That's another topic for another thing, but I don't see Sporting making a lot of money on a lot of things. I know we're going to get to a broom for topic soon, but I don't, right? I, yeah, back to how it used to be.
0: Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, Nando, my, my last question actually on the game um, goes to you. Uh, do you think Spartan was in the right for not playing Wendell after uh, he un- that unauthorized trip to uh, Turin to watch Ajax beat
2: uh, Juventus? Uh, do I think Spartan's in the right to do that? Uh, yeah. No. Uh, I think that uh, – <laughs> I mean, if we're going to start telling – like. You know what I'm saying? Like, how bad was it? Did he go watch the game, come back drunk? You know what I mean? Like, completely made a fool of himself? No. Um, At least that's not what we know, right? Right. You can't start telling these players what they can and can't do on their time off. I mean, if Sporting isn't playing and these players can travel, I mean, do you hear Juventus telling, like, Ronaldo? I mean, granted, I know these are two different players, not even in the same conversation, but this happens all the time you know players yeah. travel because they got the funds they're going to travel even if it's one long day trip get on a plane go there and come back that's their money um i think if anything what they should have probably done is is talked about it internally maybe maybe find him maybe said you know what you're not going to start you'll come off the bench you know yeah. i prefer you don't do that but to go ahead and and shun it and it's it's quite obvious more than obvious now uh the sporting has like some sort of internal rat all over again right with the whole of the, you know, whatever we've been talking about on the news lately. But the point is this stuff is coming out. What Spartan is, is, is how Spartan is disciplining their players is coming out. Um I knew a bit of, you know, via the news, like I'm sure a lot of you guys did before, you know, we looked into it. So I think Spartan's in the wrong. I think that's not the right way to handle a situation like that. It's not like he went out and partied. He went out and watched the game. Spartan didn't have any obligation other than some, I, I don't know. I think it's in the wrong. Personally, Keep it in-house. Find him if you have to. Maybe play him in the second half and, and keep it moving. Don't make it worse than it is. And then alienate yeah. a player, especially I, that I is very important. Can, can keep it in-house. Find him if you have to. Maybe play him in the second half and, and keep huh? it moving. Don't make it worse than it is. And then alienate yeah. a player, especially I, that I is very important. Jeff, I, I
0: think you're uh, playing
1: the video. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Can I jump in really fast? For sure. For sure. Okay. Just just to, to – because uh, in any company or institution, like our club Sporting club Portugal, there's there's uh, um, rules and regulations. So the reason why he was suspended, it's not just because he went to Italy. It's because that day he went to Italy after practice. No foi did de that when he was off, because when he's off, he's allowed to do pretty much whatever he wants. Right. He only he only has a curfew because it's a week of preparation for for one game. He violated a couple of rules. He went to Italy. He didn't ask for authorization to go to another country. When you go out of the country, you have to ask for permission. So, when if you if you're in Portugal and you want to go to Minho or Algarve, you could actually. There's you don't need to ask for permission for that. So he broke that rule. Then he broke another rule, was which was the curfew rule. He had to be back home by twenty two hundred. The game in Italy ended at twenty two hundred. So he still had to go to the airport, catch the flight. So he got home super late. So, so if Sporting doesn't do anything, there's 24 other players. So if he doesn't discipline him, the other 23 will be like, "Aha!" So I can do the same thing, and nothing's going to happen. So that's why Sporting had to install. And I'm I can I cannot listen to Nando. So if he's saying something, I'm sorry, that I I can't hear you for some reason. No, you're good. You're okay. good. Yeah, so, so that's why Sporting actually went really soft. They only gave him one game suspension, but they kind of had to do it because he answered to another 23 players. I'm just saying 24 because there's a lot more if you count this uh, under 23 and all that, of course. Right. Uh, and then he reflects on the youth. Oh, so when I go to the A squad, I can do pretty much what I want and I won't be penalized. So th- I think that's why Sporting did what he did. Even Porto does it. Even Benfica does it. All the other clubs do it. Sometimes they they try they they give them a penalty or a combination of both. But I think Sporting had to do it because he violated a few rules. He went out of the country, number one, and number two, he came back home super super late, and that's why.
0: Fair, fair enough. Uh, I agree with both. I think I think he definitely needed to be punished. I think benching him would, and, and finding him would have been enough. But, I mean, I, I'm not too bothered by it. Because, like you said, Steph, he did break curfew. He, he, so, you know, I, I get both sides. I, I just think uh, we may be over-exaggerated um, and try to follow um, the example Porto gave Militao, even though it was maybe two different situations, uh, where Militao, uh, for those who don't remember, went out to partying the night before a game. Whereas Wendell went out to watch a game before a morning of practice. Um, still, regardless, still, still in the wrong, I think. But uh, I think the punishment was a bit exaggerated, in my opinion. But um, agreed from both. Last but not least, um, man of the match. Chris, I'll start with you. Who's your man of the match? And uh, I think this is the first time in weeks we can say not including Bruno Fernandes. Because, uh, well, I mean, I'll speak about me at least. I don't think he was our man of the match for
3: once. No. No, he wasn't. Yeah. Um, I'd say my man of the match was uh, Jovan. Mm. Um, I thought he played really well. Obviously, he was unlucky last week. Uh, he had to, he had to just kind of be forced to go off. Just you know, tactically, they had to sacrifice someone. He he lasted four minutes out there. Um, so I'm glad that Kaiser gave him the start that he earned um, last week um and i definitely think he made the most of it um he was he was he was dangerous um he created some chances um and when you contrast him to um i say probably doom or diaby who's pretty much his who's playing the same position as him just on the other side right i mean i think diaby was probably one like the worst player out there um mm. and um he didn't even play that bad as kind of a testament as to how well the team played just overall, as far as like a performance standpoint individually. Um, and Diaby was missing, you know, he, Diaby probably could have had two goals at least. Um, yeah. Just unable unable to finish. Um, he has a really but, weak shot too. Sorry to interrupt, but his shot. No, is, if he, if yeah. he, his like, if he was like a, if you were like creating like a FIFA card for him, yeah. Like his, his pace and like skill would be like pretty high. And then his finishing would be like 32. Like, his, yeah, exactly. His finishing is really bad, but Horrible. he gets himself into the right positions often. He just can't do anything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's good, but that he's good, but he's frustrating. Um, yeah. and I think Jovan's more like, uh, more clinical and, uh, but they're, they're similar in like their, like they're dynamic, like attacking players, going yeah. at players. um, but yeah, I mean, I think I, I'd love to see Giovanni on one side and Rafinha on the other side this coming weekend. Uh, not, not sure if we're gonna get that, but that would be nice. Yeah, that would be nice. I agree with that. Uh,
0: Nando, how about you? Your man of the match.
2: Um personally, I'm gonna say it's um I'm gonna say Giovanni. Um I, I've just really overall enjoyed his play. I, I was debating whether it was gonna be him or Luis Philippe. Relief really sleep just for the goal scored in a 1-0. Um, at the end of the day, that's what matters and that's what counts. Um, but it was cool to see, like I said at the beginning of the, of the podcast, Giovanni was just into the game. Excitable players were feeding off of that. Um, honestly, I'll, let me let me go back. I'll say between him and Acuna. I'll, I'll yeah. say the men of the match is split between them and Acuna because I also think Acuna is kind of like killing it these days in his form. Um, so that's kind of what I'm going to go with. Honestly, in my in my opinion, I just think that personally, I'll I'll give it a little bit to to um Cabral, but Acuna could take it too. He he's just that passion on the field right now, and he's playing it both on top. This time Diaby did it, Acuna stepped back and took over and did his thing back there. So between the two, I'm I'm fine with either or.
0: Yeah, yeah, agreed. And Steph, last but not least, who's your man of the match?
1: Um, I would say Louis Philippe. Because uh, of his consistency, the last uh, few games, and uh, it's finally, it's 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 good to see a striker that can actually run and pressure the defense, yeah, and uh, relieve some uh, pressure off the midfield, yeah, um, and or give them time to uh, actually go back to their positions. And uh, uh, Luis Philippe put out a doubt for me.
0: Yeah, I, uh, truthfully, that's that's my favorite part about Luis Philippe is his hustle, his. You know, like you said, he's pressuring the defense. He's never saying still. So, um, yeah. I, I, personally, to me, I'm giving my man of the match to aquino I thought aquino was well. But, um, yeah, I agree with all three of you guys there. Funny, I didn't hear any Gudeli saying as Sports TV gave a man of the match. Um, but anyways, that's uh, oh, re- a...
1: Record record gave the man of the match to Bruno Fernandes, uh, by the way.
0: Yeah, which is awesome. <laughs> <funny. laughs> Did pick
3: a random player t- last game. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Truthfully, I think so.
0: Um, all right. Um, to uh, uh, other pressing matters. Um, so there's a little bit of a confusion on towards uh, Bruno Fernandes' release clause. Um, there's been some rumors for some time now that Sosa Sintra gave him a 35 million uh, euro release clause when he signed the new contract. Um, but there are other murmurs um, of uh, of 100 million. Uh, release clause. Bruno Fernandes even spoke on it on a uh, Sport TV, I believe, interview, or was it a Baller? Either or. Um, Steph, any? Do you have any clarification on um, on what's uh, going on with his release clause and and what you think uh, is happening?
1: Oh, man, I mean, f- from from what I heard from Sporting 160, it it, lo- it looks like, uh, and as you said, and and. Amend them,
0: um, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, if that's the case, oh my god, so the centre fucked up. Um, so but, and then but then you hear Brun Fernandes on the interview say "No, is uh, is release clause is a hundred You confirm? Yeah. That?
0: Yeah, he even said something that it's it, it's like a sense of pride that he has or or something like that.
1: Nah bro yeah, that's convenience on so his end. The question <laughs> is the question is you know the a lot of sporting is still divided, they still do you have two 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 groups of sporting guises now, one still supporting the uh the um and in his administration, and one and and one still very divided to not believing in verendez yet so um so with that said i mean it, it, it's it's difficult to tell the truth yeah <laughs> it's, yeah. It, it's it's extremely difficult so yeah and i'll leave it at that
0: yeah truthfully and i'll i'll get to uh you uh both of you in a second i think um one it, it, I don't know what's taking us so long to get to the bottom of this. And two, if if Bruno Fernandes is as grateful as he is, as he's been saying, coming out in, in recent uh, interviews, he signs a new contract for the exact same thing, throws on the $100 million, and then that's that. And then we sell him and, and you know, we all, we, we go about our day. Because I think, you know, there's reports already coming out today that Saad is uh, already expecting him to be sold, so if we're going to vamos fazer à vontade no fim do dia you know what i mean like we're going to give this kid the exit um which is what you know players in the past really wanted
1: and that's why most of them at least forced their, their rescission. uh but, I think, all, but so, all, I, all all i got to say is if, if if he gets sold only for 35 million he's going to go back to having the reputation of being
0: ungrateful 100% and that's why i'm okay. saying if he's as grateful as he is and you know but, even when he when he re-signed he said you know i want to win back the fans you really want to do that you sign 100 million right now like we've re yeah i go mean ahead, it, it, it oh, has sorry. to
1: be so it has to be sold by by at least like 70 million he won't and then i think the fans will be okay with that uh because think about Rui patrice and all the other ones that decided with sporting yeah you know, in, in their mind you know honestly every time they come to portugal they're going to have the, the possibility of somebody calling them a ratu for the rest of their lives. For the rest of their lives, they could never walk on a sidewalk peacefully because someone will have the, the boss to call them a ratu. Yeah. So do you want that or, or do you want to leave graciously like you're supposed to? Uh, and even if it's below 100, but if it's around 65, 70, I think you'll earn our respect and then we'll let him be. And I'm sorry that I can hear Nando. So if he was about to jump in. No, I'll pass it off to him soon. I, I didn't mean to cut him off, but I'm done. No, you're yeah. good,
2: Steph. You're good, Steph. I, I I, have been following this shit along pretty passionately, man. And this shit's been stirring my blood for a while. Like, I think from the very beginning when we all talked about how we felt about him preseason to now, I think we've all made our points pretty clear. Do I, you know, thank him for everything he's done this season? This is me personally, my opinion on the matter, you know, obviously. But, Yes, he's had a hell of a season. One of the greatest seasons I've seen a Sportingista um, put together. However, do I trust the guy? Hell no. Do I think he has Sporting's interests at heart? Hell no. Um, I think that he's been backpedaling ever since the whole like, "Hey, I'm resigning." Just kidding. If you guys remember, a couple months ago, the the, the talk came out that um, he signed for the same shit, but his but Sporting gave his uh, his impresari, his agent yeah. extra money. To have him resign for the same shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he can come out and say, nah, bro, I take the same amount of money. Nah, bro. But his agent is in the back doing what he needs to do. And if his agent took any extra money to keep him as Spartan and he didn't, to me, he's just as guilty and he's just as involved and he's just as uh, conscious of what's happening. Now, I don't think Spartan sells him fucking even past 50 million. To be honest, I think 50 million is probably at the most part will get. I, I see Sporting opening up the pernas, bro, and doing the shit that we used to do in the past when it was like fucking Miguel Velozo and Nani and all these cats in the, you know, in the first, in the, this most recent go of, of of Young's talent, where we'll sell for the same, the first guy that comes knocking on the door, Spartan's gonna do some shit where they'll sell it for 35 million and say, epa, we broke, or they'll sell it for just a little bit more than the bit, the, our best sell ever, which I think was what, um, 30 million or something along that? And then they'll say no, it was more it was uh I'm sorry, you're right, for you. Right, you're but you're still, right, yeah. yeah, exactly. I think Spartan will we'll, will do just a little bit more just so this DSO can say it was with our talent and our you know thought process for the best of Spartan that we sold him for X amount of money. I don't and that's embarrassing, that's a shame. And if you guys also been paying attention as well as he's been playing, every time he celebrates, almost every time he celebrates, he continues to put his hands over his ears, he knows what he's doing. He's still out there alienating fans and pissing them off, and you know doing that whole shit that he started from the beginning of the season when he scores the goals and he can't hear the whistles and he can't hear the booze. Um, he just he just felt bad and he wants to go back and and nobody else did it and be like I was the one who came back while everybody else left. But he only has done it just to get by. The second he gets the opportunity to leave, I thoroughly believe that he will leave um, as soon as he can, and I don't think Sporting will get not even fifty million for him, and that's embarrassing as fuck. I, I only
0: think we're going to get about 50 or 45 to 50 as well. But I think that's more on um, the reputation of the Portuguese league because they'll be moving for sure to a bigger club like United or something, like but, to a bigger but, league. And, and
2: I don't mean to cut you and and off. Oh, sorry, yeah, go. No, no, I don't mean to cut you off. But like go, you just go. said real quick, and I meant to say this was um, – he uh, it's the reputation that Sporting has more so than the Portuguese league because if fucking Militon is punk ass, can leave Porto to go to Real Madrid mid season for fifty plus, who the fuck is Militon and what has he done and who is he? Mm-hmm. And if, if and if we're gonna sell Joan, little hasn't hit puberty yet, Felix, um. To whoever for 60 50 plus million, not number four, this man has to do with the reputation that Sporting has created, and that Sporting is a club of Saldo, and everybody else is going to continue to do that until a Sporting president we had one caves and um you know sets the bar. So I don't mean to cut you off, but that's that's yeah,
0: no, you that was a good point. Um, yeah, I was only going to say Militel maybe for 50 only only because he had some Champions League games, you know, but um, you're you're 100% right, it's it's definitely. Um, like I was also going to say, I thought, I also think it's going to be 50, um, because, uh, Chris even mentioned it, uh, a few podcasts ago, um, where if we're trying to look for 70, we don't ask for 70, we ask for a hundred. And I think what this, what we're trying to do with the media, um, because as, as most of us, I think can, are, are able to tell is where we're, this direction's really utilizing the media more than, than before, um, was that I think we're really pushing out the 70 million figure and, Um, if we shoot for 70, we're going to only hit 50 or or 60. I just hope my only thing, which would be fine, because at the end of the day, I also understand it's the Portuguese League, and I also understand Spartan didn't have the best showing in Europa League, and Europa League isn't even the Champions League, and there's obviously biases between leagues and stuff like that. Um, But, uh, and I've lost my train of thought. But, you know, yeah, I'm not not discontent with 50 million, um, but I definitely do think that... um, with maybe uh, a better negotiator, uh, we'd be able to get more. Uh, but Chris, um, what are your thoughts on this Bruno Frenz situation, dude?
3: Yeah, I mean, I just want them to be honest with us about yeah. it. It's just frustrating that we don't actually know the truth, like, confirmed 100%. And uh, it's annoying. And, I mean, it's not like them hiding the potential 35 million release clause is going to hurt them from a negotiating standpoint because like if they're being negotiated like they're gonna have access to his contract it's it's not like they're not gonna find out and they'll be like they'll pay a hundred mil and then it's gonna be like oh we, we got you like it doesn't work like that like exactly. his agent will tell them like they'll be able to see like it, it if, like, that's what they're going for is they're, they're trying to, like, not have them find out, like, that's stupid. Um, and, uh, I mean, at the same time, you don't necessarily have to release a player if their release clause is hit technically. Um, but, I mean, it it's going to be difficult for them to say no if the release clause is triggered, and it is... Thirty-five million, because I mean that's a good deal. That's a great. That's a good deal for them, and I mean thirty-five million is still a lot of money, but it's not. It's not what he's worth. He's worth probably double that. So I mean, it is. It's a lot of money, and and I mean, someone's definitely willing to pay that. But I mean, I I just want to know like, what what actually is true? Um, Because yeah, I mean. If you think about it, it makes sense. He rescinded his contract. He want they he want they wanted him to come back, so they you know they cut a deal and exactly that would that would entail, you know, like like oh, it's basically like come back, um, you know, we'll we'll give you this bonus, which ended up mostly going to his agent, um, and uh, we'll make it so that um, if someone comes knocking, uh, you can leave. And because if there because a lot of the times what happens when you put that 60 or 65 million release clause it, it like it protects them basically so you don't have to let them go. It's like Doombia's release clause is 60 million. like no one's gonna come knocking the door down to pay 65 million for Doombia. you know he's a good player. that release clause is just basically insurance. Um, so if someone comes knocking with like 10, it's like, all right, well, I mean, ten's a lot of money. Doombia you know, is young. is a good deal. We don't have to let him go if we don't want to. But, you know, it's like just basically that protection. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess we'll find out very soon in about like a month. Uh, but, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> uh, I, it's going to be really interesting to see these people try to explain the truth. If it's true that thirty-five is the release clause, Man City comes over, they say, Okay, here's thirty-eight, and then the deal's <laughs> done. And it's gonna be really interesting to have to see these people turn around and, you know, explain to us like what why they are being shady and, you know, all their shit. So yeah, I mean if they're just trying to postpone the inevitable, um, they might as well try to get out ahead of it because rather than explaining it after the fact. So
0: Yeah. I think um maybe they're maybe even protecting Bruno Fernandes a bit uh, up until the season's done. And then, cause I mean, fans will definitely be upset about this and,
2: yeah. but
0: even still, I think, you know, the, the blame will be more towards, you know, so the if there's any blames towards Verandes about why he didn't sign a new contract, Verandes can easily deflect that and be like, Oh, I'll talk to his agent and stuff like that. So yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't, I don't get why um I don't get why we haven't been been clear and obvious about this either. Um, all right, last last question, really, before getting into Twitter and, and, and modalities. Um, we're rumored, uh, again, with Rafael Camacho, even though uh, he's also been rumored with Benfica just as of yesterday. So um, one fear of mine is um, is that this is really just the red press, quote-unquote, the red press, um, you know, trying to push a player that Benfica is going to steal from Spartan again. Um, but anyways, let me read off some of his stats right here. Um, he is 20 years old. Uh, sorry, 20 years old. He's 18 years old. Um, he's played 13 games in, in the youth Premier League, uh, scoring eight, assisting five. Uh, some of that coming from um, the UEFA uh, Champions League or the UEFA Youth Champions League. Um, we're rumored to uh, be buying him or potentially purchasing him for $5 million. Euros as he's coming towards the end of his contract at Liverpool. He has one year left. I think his, his deal is until 2020. Um, Chris, I'll start off with you. Uh, is it a good deal for 5 million to, to get a player who's mainly playing out wide on the left wing, but could also play right wing, but has featured for
3: Liverpool's senior team at right back? Uh, yeah, I actually think 5 mil is a pretty fair deal for him, but uh, I did read that Liverpool. Uh, wants more, um, because you know five mil for the English teams is you know it's basically a free transfer, yeah. Um, so I mean, to us that would be pr- a pretty significant deal, um, but to them, you know, not so much. So they're gonna try to get more for him. He's still young, you know. He's shown promise. Um, he is able to p- play it in multiple positions. Um, you know, he's actually got a pretty decent goal scoring record. Um. Uh, with the the youth teams at Liverpool and the B team. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it would be a good deal. Um, you know, the fact that Benfica is linked to him also, um, it doesn't really help drive down the price for sure because if we get into a bidding war. Um, they obviously have more financial resources than us right now. Um, and I feel like whenever Sporting and Benfica get into a bidding war with players, sometimes they end up – overpaying just because it's like oh we stole this guy from benfica so we overpaid just kind of to get them instead of benfica or vice versa benfica ends up overpaying to get someone to to say that they you know stole them from sporting so i mean that that doesn't necessarily doesn't uh um help the situation but i mean it appears that he wants out um and I mean that squad is so loaded and so rich. They can they can buy whoever they want. So I mean and and it's not like Klopp hasn't um integrated younger players. So it, it's like if he hasn't really, you know, made carved out a spot in the team, um, you know, it's unlikely to happen. So I mean I kinda feel him. Um he he knows he has the quality to play first team somewhere. Um and uh yeah, I mean it would suck to see him go for go to Benfica but I mean if Benfica ends up paying 10 mil for him you know it's it's probably not worth it for us
0: sorry I think I lost you guys for a bit can you hear me yeah yeah yep sorry um sorry I don't know if you were finished talking no no I'm I'm done I'm done you're good you're good sorry um, Steph, I was going to ask you the same question before moving on to though as well. Uh, Five million for the kid. What do you think? Potentially, of
1: course. Well, I, I think it's uh, it's. Uh, uh, I don't know. I think it's too much. Actually, uh, he's yeah. only he's only eighteen years old. Um, a promising player. That's uh, a long stretch. Um, I mean, yeah, he might be a promising player indeed, but um, since he left Sporting. He came from our youth. Um, he went to uh, uh, Real under 19, and then uh, he was loaned out to Manchester City Youth. Then he went to Manchester City Youth. He was loaned out to Real uh, of Portugal on a the loan. Then he went to Manchester City Youth, and he went to Liverpool under 18. Uh, Liverpool under 18. He went to Liverpool in the twenty-three. So, you know, could he be a great player? Yeah, but for five million, I wouldn't waste my money on that. But if you could want him that bad, I would just I would keep I would stay in the race just to uh up his uh, his uh his fee. So but if you could pay more, but I would never buy him. Uh, for that much, uh, I would rather use our youth in the academy, the ones we have under contract, and give them a shot, than someone that uh, clearly he only thought about himself, he was selfish, and he left Sporting when he was young, and he only thought about money. Uh, so he's another case like Rafael Leon and Chalaud uh, that just left to Italy. So no. <laughs> I wouldn't get him at all. I wouldn't be interested in him whatsoever. I would let him go to Bifika. like I said. I would make believe I'm interested and uh, make the the, yeah, the fee go up to seven, eight million, and let let them waste the money on him.
2: That's
1: Fair it. enough.
0: Fair enough. And uh, Nando, you'll be our tiebreaker here. What do you think for five million, Kamasha, Would you take on the kid or not?
2: Nah, I I stand with Steph on this one. Um, if anything. Um, play play the position of uh, interested enough to make that price go up. Maybe if he go overpay, they can fuck themselves. And then, you know, the guy is too young. Uh, I don't trust him yet to to put that kind of money towards him. And with everything Sporting it, it has been trying to do and looks to be doing, which is cutting costs and and going the route of, of, of focusing on our academy, um, that just completely um, ignores that strategy. And if we're going to spend... Five million plus on a guy that young in which we can just go to our academy and shoot her shot with one two or however many infinite amount of players Nah, you just just make sure if you go over pays for him.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm actually gonna agree with Chris. So it's still 2-2. So fuck you guys <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding <laughs> um, Last last real talking point before moving on to modalities Twitter questions and all of that Um actually has to do with the modalities and it's uh Miguel Albuquerque our uh, modalities president coming out saying that they're um, finishing the B team um, for a hockey team this year, uh, uh, the B team that was only um, um, what's the word I'm looking for created, I guess uh, last or three years ago. And they're also likely going to end with hand, handballs B team. Uh, Steph, our modalities expert, I'll start it off with you. What are your thoughts on,
1: on these uh, terminations? I mean, nobody, nobody wants to see, um, a- any team being terminated being uh, the the B team in this case uh but if we just being reali- realistic and then and then you know sitting down with our finance guy and saying listen how much money are we spending on the B team uh i don't have any numbers uh, i don't have anything right. but I- i'm just shooting from the hip so uh, our B team plays north south madeira azores uh, Portugal, uh, maybe not a source, but you know, in the second division, uh, all, all these trips, it's expensive. And then, you know, uh, they still get a salary. If they get injured, then you gotta take care of the medical bills and so on and on and on and on. So when you put all, all the money together and you see, wow, this is a big chunk of money we can use to improve, uh, the, the basketball team then, you know, I'll be okay with that because we have to take care of our A squads. Uh, they they never said we're gonna get rid of the end uh, ball A squad because if he comes to that, then they're gonna get a lot of resistance. Uh, but so far, it's only the B teams, and, and if it's only the B teams, I'm okay because they're not touching the youth, the under nineteen, the under seventeen, juvenizi, shots, juniors. So I'm still okay with that because typically what happens is they they are not going to be able to accommodate all the all the players that will go up to the A squad, so they will loan them out to other teams in the first division and second division. So you you kind of still going to have a B team, but you know, but it's it's just going to be loans. So th- those teams will pay either the full salary or half of the salary. So you're still saving even more money so you don't have a b team so you get rid of all those expenses and now you're loaning them out and now those teams that will pay their salary or a portion of it if if they make too much money but in the modalities i don't see that happening most of the times the other teams they they do pay the whole salary so i think it's a question of money because of the basketball team uh you know if you want to have a competitive uh basketball team as we should because you don't want to finish in uh, in the tenth position not even making the playoffs this is part of Portugal so everything we get into it's to win it's not to uh, for an embarrassment um, so it, it look it, from what I read and in, uh, in the different uh, social medias and newspapers it's to allocate funds from from this side to this side in this case from the B teams to to the basketball team, uh because most of the money comes from where? We all know the, the socios, as cotas, am I right? Yep, exactly. This is why I'm not a big fan of sporting is that say jan votar mais costas, cotas porque não gostas president. Well, me neither. You're not affecting Go ahead. Go ahead, ahead. ahead stuff. You affecting the modalities. Exactly. You know, when, when you say that it it, it it hurts my heart because you're missing the point. You caught the support the modalidades. And if you're gonna counterattack and you say, How do you know that? Well, yeah, I don't know. But that that's 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 what it's proven so far. So you know, I'm I'm pretty much done with it. I'm fine with it. I'm not a big a big fan of the B teams. Uh, we have our youth uh, teams, and then we can always loan them out. Uh, we have to trim it. Our Portuguese club don't make as much money as the Premier League. Let's put that into our, our heads. We prefer having the name José than sell the goddamn name of it. Uh, it's still going to be called Gisele but we don't know how to make money in Portugal. So then you still want B teams? <laughs> Wake up and smell the coffee. That's it. That's all I got to say.
0: Fair enough. Chris, Nando, do you have anything uh, to add on that or counter that, if anything? No, I, I agree.
2: Yeah, man. It's all about the money.
0: All right. Fair enough, then. Uh, Steph, uh, I think that's a perfect transition to move on to modal- modalidades. Uh, so
1: take us through our, our week of uh, of Spartan, bro. Okay, let's do it. So um, this weekend was uh, actually a very successful one. We had our youth uh, under eight, believe it or not to the Barcelona, Sporting won it. So congratulations to those uh, uh, little guys. Um, then uh, <clears throat> th- th- we had uh, quite a few tournaments going on, but I'm not going to go over all of them because it's quite a few. Um, so I'm going to skip right to uh, the Juvenice. Uh, we won at home against Football Cup Port nothing. I uh, saw so a portion of the game, it could have been it could have been four nothing or five nothing actually. We missed a lot of goals. Uh, we play real real well against them. So now we're in second place uh, behind uh behind. Be- um, so we we're in the poor position to to actually be champions again. Um, then uh we won six nothing as well. So we also in second position behind Porto and Bifica by one point. Femininos, um, we won as well. Um, so we also in the very, we're still behind Braga by two points. Uh, we won last time. Futsal, we won 11-3 against Giwab. That was the last game of the uh, regular season. So now we go going to playoff mode. Uh, but before that, like Chris said, we in the final four, which starts this Friday against Intet. Mm-hmm. So ho- hopefully we'll win. Uh, and then Sunday will be the final, which is being played in uh, – what's the name? Uh,
3: I think the Kazakhstan.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you for that because, oh, my god. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sporting lady six one. that was the result and ball yeah. we also we want to get it was a very tight game 27 against Aguacentes I'm not surprised because Aguacentes usually they have a pretty good team
0: yeah
1: uh, the juniors won against Refica 27 uh, no we lost against Refica 33 to 27 so never mind that's not interesting. <laughs> 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 what do you mean that loss didn't happen? oh to come with any safóda! yeah, it happened. But I was reading it the wrong way, and I'm like, Oh, shit we lost. <laughs> I shouldn't have said anything, but we gotta, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> we gotta talk about all the scores. <laughs> uh, in, uh, in volleyball, uh, the melts team, we lost after being up 2-1, and uh, we, we just uh, – we, we, I mean, if we if our block is not working and uh, if we can serve, they will win. They have a better team, slightly better team than ours. We have to be in our A game, and now the next game will be this Wednesday, so they up 2-1 in, uh, in the playoffs. If they win next Wednesday, that's it. They'll be chance- champions of Portugal. And uh, basically that's all.
0: All right. Um, let's move on to Twitter questions before going to uh, preview our next game at home against Um, First question comes in from Joel Da Silva, uh past guest. Uh, shout out to you, Joel, at Joel, Joel Leung underscore um, 073. Nando, I'll ask you this question because uh, we actually spoke about it in, in um, a podcast or two ago, but, uh, I want to know your thoughts. Um, what are your thoughts on us using part of our, f- our future transfer budget to renovate our stadium, but therefore buying one or two less players? Uh, so removing all green or, or getting all green seats, I should say, removing those lasers, etc. cetera. What do you think about I'm that? I'm all
2: for that shit, dude. I'm completely all for that. I think mm-hmm. it's been um, quite obvious across, uh, v- at least in my opinion, the vast majority of sporting geishas and our displeasure with our stadium. Um, I don't hear Benficistas or Portistas talk so bad about their stadium. I personally have been in Porto Stadium. I thought it was a really nice stadium. That's my opinion on it. I've never stepped foot in Benfica's trash, but I don't plan on it. But <laughs> anyhow, in regards to Sporting, I, I'll put it this way. I have gone to Portugal now a couple times and had, um, in one occasion, a couple friends of mine that were there um, with me in Portugal, um, some could care less about soccer. Some love soccer, but overall, everybody loved sports. And when they went into Sporty Stadium, they were like, "Seriously, like, what, what the fuck's going on here?" Um, so I'm, I'm personally all for fixing that. You know, give us our green seats. Uh, fix our our that literally is dangerous. People have been, I think, killed in so in one occasion, twice maybe, um, definitely hurt. Um, yeah. You know, m- make the stadium bigger. Um, you can do that easily. Um, I think Brun Corbato even talked about it briefly in that 160 podcast. Yeah. Um, and how much he thought it would cost, like what about 10 million or a little less than that? Uh, um,
0: for the seats, he just said two. Yeah, I can't I, remember the other figures. I remember so. two for
2: the seats. It's definitely yeah. doable. Um, and I don't know, man. It, it, it Sporty Stadium. You know, the whole issue we've had with the grass for the longest time. We've always seemed to have had issues with Sporty one way, Stadium one way, or another. It just looks like it was kind of half-assed um, and, and rushed into um, into existence for the uh, Iro, and um, I'm all for that, bro. I'm all for that because at the end of the day, that is where Sporting get together, and that is where Sporting show their love for the club. And if we can't treat our own right, and if we can't make sure our own are very proud, and I mean, not saying I'm not proud of it, but I'm saying like we've obviously shown a displeasure for it. Then um, yeah, man, um, sell one or two players, use that money towards it cut costs um, by other methods, but uh, definitely I'm for that.
0: Yeah, fair. Um, next question, I'll give it to you, Chris. Uh, this comes from uh, my boy, Matt Paiva, Casa de Paiva at MPaiva7. Um, he asks, what are your guys' thoughts on Rafinha this season so far? Um, has he surpassed your guys' expectations or has he performed below? What do you think, Chris?
3: Um, I'd say he's... Um at least met expectations in my eyes um he's been hurt um for a little bit of the season and uh he was having some trouble getting into the team uh at first um and I think that probably around like halfway through the season it was pretty clear that he should be starting and, and playing more than he was and he, he, he hadn't really been getting as many opportunities but i think that he is probably our most like dynamic winger in terms of going one-on-one and i also think he's probably our best finishing winger as well yeah. um you know like that he's got like that that banger in him and he, he's hit a couple over the course of his of his career uh too like i mean like Diaby's really never a threat to to cut in, like, from 20 yards out and, you know, like, put one up or 90. That's, like, pretty much never going to happen. Um, Jovan has it, like, a little bit. Um, but him and uh, – I just think he's quality. I, I think that yeah. his, his crosses, like, his, 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 like, decision-making, I think has improved a little bit. Um, you know, sometimes he still gets into that, like, mode where he just, like, puts his head down and just, like, dribbles endlessly, like, towards the touchline and ends up, like – attracting three defenders and like putting himself like in like pretty much no man's land because at that point he's being closed down by like several players and he's like dribbled too much. Um, so, I mean, that's like probably the one thing that he still has to work on. Um, but I mean, overall, I think that, I mean, he's been excellent. He wasn't cheap either. He was like seven mil. Mm. Um, so I'm glad that, you know, he's finally hitting his stride like the second half of the season and uh yeah looking forward to, to to watching him still improve because he's still he's still relatively young and uh yeah I think he's uh, I think he's quality, so I would say that he's he's met expectations for me uh overall
0: yeah, agreed, agreed uh Steph, next question goes to you. We sort of spoke about the first part of the question, but I, I'm more interested to hear your the second or what you think about the second part um so it comes from sparrtaing c p youth at SpartingCPY on Twitter uh give i recommend the follow really good really good guy uh all the way over in germany talking about our youth anyways he asks um could philippe be our main striker for next season i mean is he good enough for the europa league we sort of discussed that but his second part is what i want to know more um he asks and if uh you were kaiser verandas would you sell dust or maybe give him a, a second chance next season what do you think steph
1: well, those, there's two problems. the 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 first problem problem is his salary. Apparently, yeah. he makes four million, which is uh, he's the two highest mil- paid he's the highest paid player, right? Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So he makes two two million net, and then two million for tax taxes purposes. Yeah. So that's that's the number one problem, and and Sporting, uh, that's why they would like to sell him. But let's say they say, you know what, let's make a sacrifice and let's keep him. Uh, Yeah, I would rather keep him. It's not like we have too many strikers across Europe that that can guarantee us X amount of goals per year like Bas Dost. But I would have a really long conversation with him. I would say, is everything okay? What's going on? I mean, so far, uh, everyone is uh, expecting that this guy, there's something mentally wrong with him. It goes beyond that physical injury. Uh, and, and And then, if that's the case, talk to him and see see if everything is okay on a personal basis with his family, and see what he wants to do. If he says, "No, I'm done, I just want to go then sell him. If he says, "No, listen, uh, I'm back. I just wanna give give it all to supporting. Then keep him and maybe make the sacrifice and still pay him the four million. It, you know, because we don't have, if you look across across Europe, who, who are you going to get? So, you know, yeah. I mean, you, you don't have, like, strikers available that we can say this guy is going to give us 20 goals per season. And I'm being really nice by saying only 20. Uh, so, Bas Dosti gave us so far, what, 14 in the Portuguese League? And then if you combine the UEFA Cup and all that, it's, I think it's, like, close to 20 this season. Yeah.
0: So I just searched, I was searching it up just now. Yeah, he he scored a total of 20 goals in all competition.
1: There it is. And now 28 stu- games. Not bad. Not bad at all, you know, especially for someone that apparently he he's uh, he looks like a de- he's in a depression mode. <laughs> God knows why, but that's why we have professionals uh, we have the our um, medical staff to handle that to talk to him. So so, to answer the question is, I would, I would love to keep him. He's, a, he's, a, he's one of the best trackers in Europe. But see what's going on. And if the man says, listen, I'm done, I just want to go back to my native country, then we got to sell him and let him go.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree. I'll, throw, I'll even throw in a bit of my two cents. I think if we don't sell him for more than, than one, for more than we bought him for, but two, if we don't sell him for around 15-20 $20 million, we're better off keeping him um, because, like you said, we twenty-eight games, twenty goals. Let's not forget when he he didn't play a game under Pizarro. I believe he was injured for for that month, month and a half, for two months that he was there, um, and he hasn't played for what feels like a month now. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He's fourteen goals in the Portuguese league. I think he's fourth or something in the Portuguese league. Um, yep. So that's not that's not terrible. I mean. My only gripe with him is that he doesn't show up in big games. But, I mean, if we can find some sort of alternative next season or if Luis Felipe is that guy um, and we can't sell him for a good enough price, I'm with you, Steph. I, I say we keep him. Um, all right. Next question comes from uh, our, our, our boy Kevin at Kev1NArouge6 on Twitter. Uh, he asks, what is your stance on Yuri Medeiruj? Uh He's been around many clubs on loan but never stays with us. Is he still um, with enough talent and promise to be part of the squad? Does he not fit into the system or just uh, holding on to a lost cause? Carlos uh, Jemena and Jonathan Silva also examples. Uh, Nando, I'll pass it off to you. Um, what's your stance on Yuri?
2: Um, my stance on him is the same as all these other young cats that we've been talking about and, and paying attention to since the football manager days when we were playing on PC and shit, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> these guys have uh, passed the phase of promesa, have passed the phase of, like, they're the future stars. Um, it's one thing to leave Sporting and then go to another club and then kill it and come back to Sporting, and then we're like, why the hell can't a play a coach give these guys opportunities, right? But, like, these are dudes that are going, and I, and I, and I, I speak plural because it's more than just Ludi, but to, to answer about Yuri, like, he's going to other clubs, and he's not even... Affirming himself at the club. He'll do okay one season here or there, and then he'll fall off, and then he'll like sure. come back and do well here or there, then he'll fall off. I mean, when you're when that's the repeat of your career, that's a you problem. I'm I'm done saying that's a sporting problem. Sporting could have given him opportunities at a younger age, sure. But that doesn't and that shouldn't derail you from establishing yourself as a footballer in another club and making money and making that your profession. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You either have the talent, your head is either in the game or not, because even if you're not great, or even if you're not a superstar, you're going to be able to make a living off playing a sport. And these guys are like not getting, they're not starting. He's not, uh, sometime in most cases, not on the bench where he's come from. So yeah, I'm done with him On to the next guy, man
0: yeah agreed and i mean jj even gave him a chance and he didn't really take it so i'm, I'm with you on that nando uh last question comes in from uh cr28 at defensor underscore scp another former guest what's up bro or boy chris um and i'll give this question to our chris um how to replace bruno Fernandes? do we get someone expensive uh perhaps get two just in case or just one and expect Geralt to step up what do you think chris
3: um. Yeah, I definitely think that that's probably one of the positions that uh, I'd like to see us invest. Um, you know, we don't have to go crazy, but you know, like maybe like five, six, seven mil on uh, on like a you know uh, on like a uh, on like a player who's you know playing maybe on one of the smaller teams in like Spain or Germany. Or maybe uh, a South American player, perhaps, because I don't, I don't think you can just expect. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think you can expect anyone really to to adequately replace him. Um, yeah. Forty exactly. forty three goal contributions in all competitions. I mean, he's, <laughs> it's not going to happen. I mean, that's literally the best season any midfielders ever had. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're not you're not going to replace him, but you can at least try to, um, you know have someone that's ready to step in um you know and uh, it wendell is like an example of like kind of the mold of player you want to get but even wendell took a couple years to 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 fully you know hit his hit his potential as a consistent first team player so I, i i would hate to see us invest that much money like we invested in wendell and not really have handouts ever or take you know a couple years because we're kind of going to need a replacement uh, immediately the team relies a lot on him um mm-hmm. to not only score but you know create chances and stuff and he's a hard worker he's a captain but a leader by all accounts um so i mean it's definitely going to be difficult uh to replace him but uh i don't even know if, if Chico goes is going to be on the team next season yeah um so I, I definitely think that we can't really just expect him to, to kind of step in. Um, but, I mean, potentially he, he stays on as, like, a squad player, uh, you know, like a reserve option, and hopefully he plays more than, like, two minutes a game every three games. Um, not even that, like every six games. Um but, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind if we invested, you know, a, a decent amount and got, like, a promising player. Like, you think about, like, the, the quality that we got in a player like uh, Brian Ruiz, who, who was more of, like, a, uh, a CAM, like, when he was in England. He kind of adapted to being more of a winger uh, at Sporting. But, I mean, he, he came from, you know, uh, uh, one of the worst teams or one of the worst teams in England, Mm-hmm. Slash the better teams in the championship. They're always in between. Um, so I mean, and he was, you know, he had the touch. He he was quality and he was relatively affordable. I think he cost Sporting like two million. So I wouldn't mind us going for a player in that kind of capacity. You know, maybe like twenty seven, um, who's ready to step in and, and play. You know, like immediately. Yeah. Fair. Good point. Um, and I mean we also have,
0: you know, Barbosa um who just won the 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 second division two that can play that position. Um, you know, like you said, maybe Gerald's, maybe not Gerald, seeing how it goes. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm with you. I also think maybe just one player would be enough. I don't know if we should invest in more than that, but uh yeah, like like a Brian Reese type player for sure. Uh anyways. Um, let's go into the preview uh, against Guimarães. Steph, I'll start it off with you. How do you see this game and what's your prediction?
1: Well, the game, it's going to be a difficult game because Guimarães, uh, as we all know, when they play against us, it's like they, they play for the World Cup or something or the Champions League. It's like it's the, the always the best game of the season yeah. for some reason. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm predicting that Sporting will win um, like two nothing against Guimarães, but nevertheless, it's going to be a very difficult game. Well coached by uh, I like the coach Castro, he's uh, he comes from the uh Porto school. Um, so two nothing sporting, but we're gonna, we're gonna have to as uh, mangas and give our, give our 100%. Agreed, Nando. How about you?
2: Um, you know. It, it... I see we win. I see we. I say we keep the streak going. I don't think it'll be easy, but I also think like Steph just said, there's certain clubs that always just seem to uh, show up and play so much better against against us. Um, and you know, looking at the schedule going forward, you know, this is arguably the toughest game that's left, other than the final. Um, I see us winning one zero and just keeping the streak going. That's honestly, I, I don't see it being like a, like a hell of a performance from Sparta thing. Um, but I see us doing enough that we're being consistent in a lot of phases of, of the game that we should get the win and play decently doing so, sort of like this, you know.
0: Yeah, agreed. And uh, how about you, Chris?
3: Chris? You oh, oh, sorry. Talking on again. mute.
0: <laughs> what, yeah. uh, pre- uh preview and prediction of Gimanej.
3: Yeah. Um. So, like I said, obviously it's their um – They're a tough team, um, always. Um, And actually, there was just an incident um, after their game last weekend. um, Some fan uh, dissatisfaction uh, with their loss at home against Avs. Um, And as we know, they have some of the most, um, you know, like hardcore, um, you know, fans uh, out of all of the non-big three teams. Um, in Portugal, and, I mean, arguably, like, even, you know, considering them, like, a- as consistent as as the big three fans. Um, so, yeah, they weren't pleased to see them to lose 2 nothing to a team who's fighting relegation, although I will admit, Avs is in great form under Anasiu, um, and they're probably going to be saved. Um, but still, I mean, they're... Gimanej is fighting for potential europa league spot and this doesn't help them in that in that cause um so yeah the fans weren't happy and there was like some incidents after the game and they were like trying to like get to the team bus or whatever um so yeah they're 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 under some pressure now um as a result of that and and, uh, they're gonna be looking for uh um, some points um and uh so there's pressure on them for sure um, so yeah, I mean, but at the same time we're rolling right now, um, this is probably the best run of form we've had all season, um, over the past, like two months. So, uh, I do think it's going to be more of a difficult game than, uh, the ones that we, uh, that we've just played against, uh, Nessunel and, uh, and Hobbs, um, and even really the game before. Um, but I do think that, uh, we, uh, we get the result, um, two one. Um, this run of clean sheets has been great, but uh, I don't know if we, if we can keep going forever. <laughs> I mean, Chernen is back in net next week, so or I should say on Saturday. So uh,
0: I doubt it. I'm, I'm going to agree with you. I think another two one win, or not another, but we're going to win two one. Um, and the only reason I'm going for a Sporting win is because Guimarães has been in some poor form. They've only won two of their last six, lost two straight games. Um, I mean, we're definitely going to expect a reaction from them, but I think like all three, all four of us have said now, um, you know, they're, 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 they're struggling a bit lately. Um, but anyways, guys, that is the end of our podcast. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. Shout out to Lauren in the chat. Uh, our boy Johnny, uh, thank you all for joining us live. Uh, thank you everybody that on the Twitter questions, make sure to keep interacting with us on Twitter course it's at sparting160 underscore en and uh yeah we'll see you soon guys ciao and uh viva sporting. viva